0: Hello and welcome to another Top Advisor Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Halloran. You know, I've been able to interview some really freaking cool people uh, in the 400 episodes or so that we've done of the show. And when I found out that Kristen agreed to be on the show, my first thing that I thought was I get to interview somebody who's like a hero of mine for a number of reasons. Uh, Number one, social media presence off the charts. Always just creating unbelievable content that people just love. So there's number one. And then number two, how ingenuitive she is, how smart she is, and how good she is at what she does just makes me want to strive on a regular basis to be more and more like her. And so she decided to be on the show. I was so excited about it. So, um, and I love embarrassing you a little bit and that's fine because uh, first off, (laughs) um, I I, I really, I am really, really honored to have you on the show. And I'm also really honored because you gave me an advanced copy of the book that you have coming out. I have the opportunity to read it. I already started. Everybody who's listening to this is going to want to buy a copy of this book because, it fundamentally is going to make you question what the hell you're doing and why you're doing it from the world of not just marketing, but also practice management. And I just absolutely love it. So Kristen, welcome to the show and uh, thanks for being uh, a guest.
1: Matt, my face hurts from smiling already. (laughs) That was so nice. I'm honored to be on the show. Uh, I know you're super particular. meanwhile right before we got started my whole background uh with, with my life plants just fell over so I'm uh you you're my hero uh, you know <laughs> we're all everyone should be everyone's hero for just really keeping it together and being yeah. human
0: <laughs> you know what the, the fact that we're even here right now uh is a truly remarkable thing now as some other announcements that we're gonna make not only about the book because that's one of the things that we're gonna talk about today, but you are now the chief product officer. So you have, I mean, you've just been screaming up this corporate ladder with all of your experience and everything that you have. Um, what is this new position? And why don't you just take two seconds and talk a little bit about where you are right now, and then we're going to jump right into the book. Is that cool?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That sounds sounds good. Uh, the <laughs> What exactly does my title mean? I think the beauty of it is that i i almost get to define it i don't know what the heck it means you know like chief product officer in the imo space traditionally is related to like annuities and life insurance the title comes more i think from the tech and tech world where it's a product officer that's in charge of developing the product and in this case it's uh, building out our coaching curriculum for our advisors and the way that they experience it. Um, long story short, the way it, I first understood it was it was a job where I can do a whole lot of deep work, really creative work. And it would be my job to uh, go on Do Not Disturb and uh, <laughs> bring ideas to life. It's like a dream.
0: It's, it's well, cool. But you have... <sighs> you have built to this dream. This didn't just happen. This has been you contributing to the thought leadership in financial services for so long in a way that people are listening, which in turn is you got a book, right? And so let's talk about this book that you have coming out. Um, where where did it come from how are you planning on using it? I want to talk about the process of writing the book. I want to talk about some of the stuff that's in the book. Uh, so so let's talk book. Um, where did this come from? Was this like a muse? Did you wake up in the morning? You're like, ha ha, I'm going to write a book. Let's talk about that.
1: Yeah. And thanks, by the way, for being the first person um, to see it. It's uh, uh, terrifying Um, at this point when we record this, it's not out yet. Um, so we'll, we'll see. It's pretty, it's a, it's a, it'll be, be, it's a, um, it's only my whole heart and soul. You know what I mean? Um, the book, two ways of answering this. The first one is the inspirational and practical way. Uh, Which is, you know, a lot of people when they bring on a new when they start a new activity or task They approach it from the angle of like what should I do next? Like at the end of the year? They're looking at the next year. What what should I do now? Um, Where instead you uh, the better question to ask is what problems do I need to solve? What? opportunities do I have based on things that? um, Need to change and can be improved and that's what you should do next as opposed to bringing something new onto your plate so The practical and inspirational answer for me and that ask yourself, what do you need to solve as opposed to what should I do next was um, I think our industry has a big problem with the way that it serves advisors uh, from a marketing perspective, Uh, educates advisors on uh, (laughs) what works and what doesn't and makes it easy for them to use solutions that help people. Cause at the end of the day, I'm not a marketing director. I'm a, I help build coaching tools at at triad partners. I'm, I do not, I'm not trying to sell some marketing course. Um, I just, I believe that the better advisors get at marketing, the more they can connect with people and empower people and make them more financially literate. And really my my brain turns it into this big, like rainbow picture that I really believe is true, which is the better advisors get at marketing, the more communities they can impact for generations. Uh, that's the practical inspirational and, and very true, uh, very true answer. Uh, but, um, the reality of it was not uh, what problem am I trying to solve? You know, it was uh, Sean Sparks, um, one of my my partners, uh, founder at CEO. He wrote a book, Advisor Breakthrough. It's one of the best books in the industry. I moved out to Kansas to help build Triad Partners as employee number one. And the day that I got there, he said, "Hey, Kristen, you should write a book." And I was planning a wedding, living far distance from my fiance, putting desks together, ripping up carpet. Trying to build a company, I was like, Yeah, I should write a book. So uh, that's how it really happened.
0: <laughs> but you you now have had the space to do it, right? And and I love that you said something. And and very rarely when I interview authors do they not feel a sense of vulnerability. Um, because it's so much work. You've put so much of yourself in it. Um, and full disclosure for everybody, I haven't read the whole book yet. Cause when I got it like last week, uh, and two, um, I read the first, you know, the whole introduction in the first chapter and it just sounded like you, right. It just felt like you, it was like, I felt like you were guiding me along a journey that is going to allow me to arrive where I want to arrive, not necessarily where you want me to arrive, but you have so much good information in there that's going to help advisors make some very, very good decisions. It's long, too. I mean, the, I think the the copy I have is like 272 pages, um, which, of course, you know, it's that's single page. But um, that's still a lot of writing. How did you do it? I mean, how did you did you wake up every morning and you said, oh, my God, I have to write 10,000 words today? Or how did you get to the discipline of, of getting this actually on the page?
1: I know. I know you got a code word here for when people start talking for too long. So I'm afraid to answer this question. Cause it'll be a long one. I'll, I'll give, I'll give breaks and check-in, but also use the code word. I got, I'm keeping my ear out for it on this answer, uh, but behind the scenes on a podcast, okay. I have a code word. Uh, um, yeah. yeah. First, it's, vul- it's I love hearing you say that a lot of people feel really vulnerable when they publish a book, because what has been fascinating for me, at first, a little um, uh, like aggressive um, is how many times I got the question, So, were you actually writing it? So, did you actually write the book? And it, like the first couple of times, I'm like, What? Uh, y- yes. Th- thank you for asking. Uh, y- yes. Um, but then, you know, you, you think about the question behind the question, which is, Did you? I'm not assuming they mean did you have it ghostwritten, um, but you know, did you have somebody help you write it, which is a really great way to approach writing a book, it's really practical, not ghostwriting, some people um, have a really hard time writing, right, like it's very easy to get writer's block, I think the stat was one in three people stop writing a book because they, they get stuck. Um, but nobody, everybody knows how to talk and nobody ever gets talkers block, you know what I mean? So the, I think the question behind the question was, can, did, did you ha- were you interviewed and was it transcribed and formatted to sound like your voice? Um, I'll tell you, I tried that, uh, that was, that's like the easy advice. That's kind of like the cop that's like, and, and it got me far enough to get started. Um, Maybe I didn't do this the right way. Quite frankly, I may not have done this the right way, but if I didn't do it the way that I did it, which was um, making sure that it was in my voice, hand drawing all the pictures, I really don't think I would feel vulnerable. And I don't know if I'd feel comfortable calling myself a true author. Um, People will tell you it's really easy, right? It's really, really easy to just have some just talk and have somebody transcribe it and then bring it back to you and they'll you know they'll polish it. Um, it's so much more than that. So I made the mistake last year uh, of, so no, November, 2020, Sean said, you should write a book. I said, all right, I'll write a book. So I was planning on getting married in June. I told everybody I was writing a book. I did a podcast circuit. I was on um, our friend Alex's podcast. I'm like, hey, I got a book coming out next month. I have no idea how I was gonna do that. All I had was a bunch of transcriptions. You know what I mean? And I had landing pages. I probably gathered like you know, 300, 400 people that had signed up to get the book when it launched in June of 2021. Um, And then I just, I realized it was too much, you know, because there's a season for everything Uh, and I had to table it, but there was this public accountability that was kind of um, weighing over me where there, where I I had a book cover mocked up and that of a book that didn't honestly didn't exist. I had 200 pages on a word doc, but it didn't exist, but it was still like an open checkbox in my head. And we had uh, Chandler Bolt who uh, at we meaning triad partners, he's a Forbes 30 under 30. He's published like 30 books before the age of 30. He has a, uh, a program called uh, Self Publishing School, and we bring in outside industry experts to do intimate coaching calls with our advisors. So he was doing an intimate call, um, teaching them how to write a book. And I, I it was uh, towards the end of the year 2021, and it was all right. I'm going to check, I'm going to pull out my card and you can swipe it and we'll do this the right way. Um, having a coach and having accountability, um, was a major difference maker. And honestly, I, of those first 200 pages and of the 200 and some pages you have now, I'd say maybe 30% of it is the same. Um, because I had just done so much of it wrong. Uh, it just wasn't viable, uh, if I would have published it that in that moment last year, when I wanted to, I would already hate the book, which I think happens to everybody. And I've come to terms with the fact that a book is a snapshot in time, but you can't, you don't just get it transcribed. It it's, it's a lot more than that. Um, it's like your first, it's your firstborn child and maybe your second.
0: Yeah. Or feeling like you just had twins. Right. Um, <clears throat> so, so, it's interesting that you say that because I think a lot of people think, um, well, I'm just going to, I am just going to transcribe my stuff. Um, and so I, I know that you, you guys hired somebody, I, a friend of mine uh, who's a book coach, her name is Carolyn Flower. She's been on the show. Um, she said the same thing. She's like, so many people just think that they're just going to talk this book into existence. Um. But what they don't realize is that then you rewrite the entire book because you're like, ah, I don't like how I said that, or wow, that doesn't sound like me, or wow, this is grammatically terrible, uh, that sort of stuff. So, um, all right. You still didn't answer the question for me, though, which is, from a discipline standpoint, so you brought in a coach, but what was your writing like? So, so did you again? Did you block off time a couple of times a week where you were on D and D and you were just hammering it out? Did you wait for the muse to hit you? I think that's important for our listeners to understand because a lot of advisors really want to write a book. They understand that this is a contribution to the greater knowledge uh, tree that they want to have as a, almost like a legacy piece, much like you've already done. Um, but how did you how did you get the book written? Uh, did you have a special place? Did you have a special keyboard? I, I want to know more of the nitty gritty of how you actually executed. Please,
1: that's a really great question, and I wish I had a really amazing answer for you. You know, a lot of advisors, I think, do want to write a book. I think a lot of most people do. Uh, I, I'm interested in in the uh, the data, right? And I think there's 80% of people wouldn't want to write a book, but we'll say between 50 and 80 because the studies range, right? Um, 15% of people actually start it and 6% of people actually make it halfway through writing it. And I don't know what those terms are defined by, like whether it's a first draft or a final draft, you know what I mean? That's I'm sure that's not a final first half. Um, I would say don't, I would say if you don't write a book, just because you want to write a book because you are passionate and over the moon about it. Um, because there's this, there's a part of it. There's like what, what you could call the messy middle as um, Mike, Michael Hyatt would call it, where like, if you're not passionate, it's not happening. Like you're, you're, you're going to be in that 6% or that 15% that stopped after the first chapter or the six or halfway through. I mean, that's the whole thing in my book is all about authenticity and having all these marketing companies and people telling advisors, you have to do this. You should do that. You should do that. You should be like this advisor. And I think that that sucks. Like you should do whatever feels authentic to you. I personally have wanted to be a published author since I was like in third grade. I wrote like a murder mystery series with crayons on construction paper about... Um, The Fuzzies, they were detectives um, called The Fuzzies and they would solve crimes uh, with uh, one of my best friends. I wanted to be an author forever. So I didn't just want to write a book. There wasn't a business purpose. Uh, There was a business purpose, but it was equal to the passion that I had for the message and the problem that I was trying to solve. You don't, I don't think you write books if you just want to write a book, like you have to need to do it. I mean, I think the public accountability helped. Um, it's interesting. I mean, my journey's a little different, right? I mean, I wrote half of the book. I wrote, I wrote a book and then I had to throw most of it out. Um, and I think a lot of beauty came out of that. And I, I can tell you a little bit about what that looks like. Um, I guess we can start with that, all those transcriptions. Uh, basically once I hire coach, the lessons learned were, first of all, the book is a series of appetizers. That was something that was really hard for me to swallow. It's not the whole meal. The whole meal is having a conversation with you. Um, I'm tired. I don't know about you. I feel like you can probably relate to um, reading a business book that you don't get anything from where you're like, it's like- I've got a
0: stack of them, sister. I know exactly what you're talking about.
1: Right? Where they're like 250 pages and it's like, here's how you- make a list. Like, and there's like a, like, it's like, okay. like, here's why you need to use lists. And then you walk away and you're like, all right, I, I already knew I had to do it. I don't know. I, I that was really hard for me. Um, I is at 70,000 words. You want to aim for about 40 to 55 max thousand words, um, for a nonfiction business book, not a nonfiction lead generation book, because that has to be even more, that has to, be, you know, the bread basket, uh, and not just, you know, not a whole series of appetizers to bring them in, you're looking more at like 10,000 words to like 30,000 words. So step one was cutting everything out. That was really, uh, that was very time uh, sensitive, if if you will, um, very specific to the time. So. Uh, In the book, I I have a chapter about social media that looks nothing like the first draft. The first draft went into really specific details, like 20 to 30 for LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, but that would have immediately outdated the book. Um, So I I wanted to take a lot of the time-sensitive things out. I also, um, in the spirit of um, providing a series of appetizers, I really don't want to intimidate anybody, you know, like there's a point where you give people too much, which I think I, I'm an oversharer, uh, notoriously, um, where that's like, Whoa, where do I start? And I, I live, I thrive in that chaos, but that's not helpful to anybody. Um, so that I had to try to cut about 40,000 words. Um, and that took weeks just combing through it. The benefit of it was that all of that content got repurposed um, and are now add-ons or lead magnets inside of the book. Hey, go to this website at the end of every chapter. If you want more on this, you can go here, which is basically bringing them in through from, you know, we'll say the book is top of funnel, engaging, you go a little bit further to middle of funnel by engaging. Um, Once I had trimmed all the fat, uh, not all the fat, once I trimmed all the all the really great too deep stuff um i think i just sat for a month um and worked on the outline um that was the step that i had completely skipped in the first draft there was no outline it was and i think that's where the advice goes wrong is it's like (laughs) do just talk and they'll translate it, but there's no outline. There's no structure. The more dialed in the outline is the easier it is to fill in the blanks. It's just like what they teach you in third grade. And when my coach, I mean, I didn't come up with that. When my coach said that it was like thing, like the light bulb one was like, Oh, okay. So had the document, had the first document on one page, second on another. And then for each chapter, it was inner story, Introduction to teachings, teachings, conclusion. And I would think that the outline was right. And then I'd move back into it and try to start writing. And then I'd have to go back to the outline because you, you have to see it from a macro point of view than um, a smaller point of view. And then what was interesting is what I skipped again in that first major fail was going back through the years and years of content that I already had you know you teach that all the time or at least it's something I say and it was right in front of my face I didn't realize it you don't need to create new content if you're just documenting what you already do and say all of my LinkedIn posts is content so then it became once I had the outline just filling in parts from the draft filling in different transcriptions of conversations that I've had in other places using transcriptions from videos and the copy on those and then um the hardest part was the stories. I mean, I I wish I could tell you that I had a, um, I had like a dedicated space because it, it it wasn't consistent enough. I wish I could tell you that I was the type of person that sat and wrote. It was um, it was a sprint and a rest um, because without the rest, you get so lost in the sauce. Like there's so many words and so many pages and you lose, you, you get very lost in it. And when you write it yourself, you get very emotionally attached to what you're doing in that moment. So you have to come up for air. Um, so I came up for air. I, I, would be really, I would go really hard for about two weeks. Um, and then I would take a week and just kind of sit on it. And then I'd go back.
0: Uh, and then so, so there's there's so much there that I, I need to just decom I need to to pull, pull apart a little bit. Um n- number one, um, the simple fact that y- you, as a brilliant marketing mind, all already understand the power of the what we refer to as interesting, but incomplete information, right? So I'm going to give you lots of great, interesting stuff, but I want you to want more. This is a business book. This isn't fiction, right? You're not telling a story about vampires falling in love, right? This is, here's a great idea. If this resonates with you, do this. So we we call it the perfect podcast formula, education, entertainment, storytelling, call to action. Very similar to the format that you were just Wait, talking say about, those right? again so entertainment education storytelling call to action okay we'll yeah, both so that's the that. per- so, yeah so not only is that the perfect Podcasting formula, but actually, it's the perfect interview formula. It's a perfect writing formula because if you do that, all of a sudden, you're going to keep people engaged. So, the fact that you've got CTAs built into the chapters, right? It's called to action say, hey, if you want to know more about this, click here. And then you've already thought about the whole back end of this. Kristen, this is one of the reasons why I was so excited. And people might be saying, you know, Matt, why in the hell are you talking about? her book without actually talking about her book it's because of that it's because i wanted you to to share the thinking behind this entire process right it's not just and i love one of the things that you you wrote in our in our our pregame stuff document don't create you know when i was singing your praises at the opening of the show, that's not empty. You have the social proof, sister, of all of this amazing content you have been creating for a long time. And you took that, packaged it in a great easily understandable, bite-sized, interesting, but incomplete information, and if advisors want more than they get into your funnel. Nobody's doing that with books, everybody. That's one of the reasons why I wanted her on. The other thing that you just said, which I thought was brilliant and I need to highlight, is it's a sprint and then a rest. Very few people look at writing anything or creating content as a sprint and a rest. So many people think that, man, I just got to grind it out. In fact, my first book, Kristen, we talked about this before, uh, was published by Bloomberg. They told me I had to write 10,000 words a day, a day, every day. My book was 110,000 words, I think, uh, from, from beginning end, which is way too long, but it was a educational book and blah, 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 whatever. And and again, whatever. (laughs) Um, but you know what, um, (laughs) (laughs) That to me was insane. And my editor said, you know, Hey, you'll write 10,000 words. We'll probably use 2000 of them. And I'm thinking to myself, well, that's not very efficient. Uh, So I love that you did that. You created the outline and then you looked to see where you had created content. So many advisors who are listening to this have already created the content. It's all about organization. It's all about being thoughtful. And my other favorite thing, and you said this right at the beginning is it has to be you. We don't need another book like a Tony Robbins book or a Jim Collins book or and we don't need any more of those. John Maxwell's, those have already been done. Who are you? Why are you writing the book? What is the desired outcome of people reading the book and then start working on it? You know, we have something called pod fade, uh, that one out of every six podcasts don't make it past six episodes. Okay. Yeah. And the reason why is the same reason why people burn out in writing a book. Right. Is because they don't have a plan, they don't have an outline, and they don't have the discipline. Now, uh, as we kind of put a bow on this today, what the hell is the book about? <laughs> <laughs> so let's tell everybody what the book is about. And then I want you to tell everybody, because you created a, a wicked sweet deal uh, with us, and I want everybody to know that too. So what is the what is the book about? Give us a brief overview and then tell everybody what they're going to get from listening all the way to the end of the show.
1: Okay. Do we, is that, these are short episodes. Do we want to talk about podcasting and books? Uh,
0: no, no, we don't need to worry about I that think, at all. Well, well you'll come back later. I want to uh, yeah, add value. Yeah. Well, I, I, you have, or, girl, you have added so much value already. I have no idea where you've been. I can't wait for you to okay. listen to this back. So uh, and yeah, they're 30 minutes door to door. That's what yeah, we yeah, shoot yeah, for. for. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, um, so yeah. Okay. What is the book? Give me the hook.
1: Um, this is my first th- uh Yeah, sorry about that. This is my first time. I mean, you're the first person that got a copy. And this is my first time talking about it out loud um, to anybody, really. Besides my husband. So who who probably wasn't listening? Well, um, bless his heart. Uh, <laughs> um, the book. Uh, I've been in, in, I I got into the industry on accident. Um, I was recruited out of a restaurant where I was waiting tables by two nice guys um, who tipped well and were nice people. And I owed a lot of money to the IRS and I dropped out of college and end up in the corner of the world that wholesales annuities. Um, You're told when you sell annuities, uh, or at least you're an annuity wholesaler, uh, that the best way to be successful is to make 100,000 cold calls a day. And as a I was 21 at the time, 21-year-old, I don't know, millennial, hashtag proud millennial. Uh, I said, you know, it's like, well, what if we, what if we use the, What if I use the internet? You know? And over time, I realized that um, I could reach significantly more people on, using LinkedIn online than I could possibly call on any given day. And I fell absolutely in love with marketing. And the more authentic I became, I had um, a light bulb moment um, in my marketing where I had a a, a video that was um, super raw. I'll just leave it in the book um, because authenticity is a really big piece of it. Where as soon as I uploaded it, it was highly personal. I panicked. I was like, nobody's going to want to work with me anymore. And that's kind of when the snowball started to roll. So as I fell in love with marketing and digital marketing specifically, and really started to embrace the the, um, the authenticity piece of it, the more I looked around and realized, um, how many gaps there were for advisors in the marketing space and how much the value, the, the value stack, a lot of it, not all of them, not going to make a blanket statement. Although I do think there are going to be a lot of marketing companies that aren't going to be very happy with me when they read this book. I'm really sorry. I'm not anti-marketing company. I am pro advisor. I'm sorry. Um, but basically it's it's all, there's, there's so much that's canned. There's so much that comes off the conveyor belt. Um, advisors are busy as well. You know, like they look at digital marketing and it's like, hey, it's, oh, I know I need to be online. Let me just check that box. Okay, check, I'm online. I hired this company to go stand in for me and basically pretend to be me online where they're not showing up in their marketing at all. And um, between those two issues, everything is canned. Um, the marketing and there can, because the marketing companies are more focused on their own efficiency as they because they serve thousands and thousands, and thousands of advisors, not all of them, but many of them, um, that the product is the product that advisors use are super watered down. And, um, simultaneously the other end of that sword is advisors aren't really showing up in their marketing and you can't, if we do, this is not a B2B world. This is not a B2C world. This is a H2H world. This is a human to human world. People do business with people. Um, And when you pull in and there are a lot of advisors who basically don't see any results in their digital marketing and I'm not surprised. I have a lot of empathy for them because it's like a lack of education, I think type of thing. You don't know what you don't know. Um, but a lot of people aren't seeing success online and, um, that has to change. We're in the attention economy. The, the attention inequality gap is only going to continue to get bigger. So the people who get the most attention online and the people who get the least advisors have an uphill battle because the stuff that they talk about is already, it just makes people's eyes glaze over. Like people don't go online to read about tax law. Um, but there are ways that you can make it work and do it in a way that like you you love and like feels really good and authentic to you and ha- makes people really excited to see you, and pulls you out of this massive pool where all advisors look, sound, um, feel the same.
0: The truth about digital—it is the truth about digital marketing for advisors, right? And I was—you just teed me up so beautifully for that. Uh, I mean, it's the truth. And and when you read something that is the truth, there are parts of it that you're that are going to make you question. There are parts of it that are going to make you say, "I don't agree with that." It doesn't matter if you agree with it. It's the truth, right? If you really want to look at somebody who has truly mastered this digital marketing space, it's you. It's one of the reasons I wanted you on the show. One of the reasons why I'm so excited and so honored that I have an advanced copy of the book and that you are going to be, so we're going to have a link in the show notes. You want to tell them a little bit about what people can get if they go to this link?
1: So head to the, so you can head to the show notes uh, and um, I'm giving the, the first two chapters out for free. Um, I, I love how excited you are ab- about that. I, I really appreciate it. This is, this is all, it's all kind of insane. Um, but I'm, I didn't write this book to make money. So, I mean, I, I think I shared with you instead of doing audible, where are recording it in my voice. I'm just going to read the book and then make it colorful and add more in a podcast. Cause I'm not doing this for money. Um,
0: and it is, uh, so, so, so everybody needs to head to, uh, the truth about dm.com f- slash free. That's going to be in the show notes, click on that link. And you're going to have a chance to get those first two chapters. I've only read the first chapter. You want to do it everybody. Just just you you need to you need to have a different perspective. You know, part of what we firmly believe here at Proudmouth is very very simple. One, authentically be yourself because then you have zero competition. Number two, what can you do to rise above the noise and stop being the best kept secret in your area? And if you keep doing the same tripe using the same crappy content that everybody else is doing, you are not rising above the noise. Nobody gets to know you. And you said it, Kristen, perfectly. People, it's human to human. It's H to H. It's not B to B, not B to C. People want a relationship with you. And if you want to see somebody who's done a great job of being transparent, being themselves and being human, you need to also click on Kristen's link in our show notes to follow her on LinkedIn. You will see examples of authentic, real, powerful, engaging marketing, which is what all of you guys need. And you can't say to me, you're going to throw the compliance flag. No, that's a load of hooey. Because if you don't say stupid stuff, you're totally going to be able to be compliant. Compliance doesn't care who you are. They care what you say, right? So don't say the stupid stuff, but say who you are and be truly authentic. Kristen, man, I I can't thank you enough. I'm so excited. Uh, I'm going to finish the book. I've actually got a little bit of time. Uh, I'll probably finish by early next week, so you and I are gonna chat uh, you know about about you know how I feel about the book. I, I know how nervous uh, it is to show anybody any of this stuff. Uh, and I'm so honored that I'm even on any list. Um, and I can't wait to talk to you more about it. Everybody, you need to get the book, you need to follow her. You need to start really looking at what authentic and real digital marketing is gonna be. So Kristen, thanks for being on the show.
1: my my face still hurts (laughs) thank you so much for having me that does this is really 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 cool you guys are the best you guys are amazing um thank you and i hope you guys like it
0: Here's the deal, sister. You're going to find that out because everybody seems to love (laughs) to be that keyboard warrior and you're going to have raving fans. And then you're going to have people who did what they did to my second book, which is to blast it. There were people who loved it and people who hated it. Didn't seem to be a lot of people in the middle. It doesn't matter. You did it. It's done. It's there. It's out into the world. And people are going to read this. 20, 30 years from now, because they're going to see the title and they're going to say, I really want to know what the truth is about digital marketing. Now, if you all want to know a little bit more uh, about anything that we do here at ProdMouth, it's very simple. Go to ProdMouth.com. If you want to learn how to start your own podcast for free, go to podrocketacademy.com. Just sign up for the free version. Take Podcasting 101. It will truly help you launch your show. I teach you everything you could ever possibly need to know about starting your own podcast. Even like the microphones, I get really granular. Anyway, uh, it's free. Please sign up for that. And last but not least, check out Triad. Check out Kristen. Check out what is going on In this vein, because if you plug in now, if you start doing what she's talking about in the book now, and you can, by the way, learn about a lot of stuff in the book by just following her and consuming her social, you are going to do something that all advisors need, which is separate themselves from the other advisors down the street. That's number one. And then number two is if you do digital marketing right, you can hyper-focus your niche and you will never run out of qualified prospects because they're going to want to know you. They're going to want to follow you because you're speaking their language. Don't be afraid that you're not going to have enough people to market to. There's more than enough fish in the sea. Stop fighting for the crumbs under the table. Sit at the table with everybody else and your life can be fantastic. So for Kristen and all of us here at Proudmouth, this is Matt Haller and we'll see you on the other side of the mic very soon. Thanks for listening to the Top Advisor Marketing Podcast brought to you by Proudmouth. If you want to know more about how you can be your own loud, visit us at proudmouth.com and sign up for the Pod Rocket Academy. Through courses and office hours led by professional podcast producers and digital marketers, you will learn everything you need to know to become the trusted subject matter expert you were meant to be.